a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. This is the story of Star Wars. You can read along with me in your book. O is for Obi-Wan Kenobi. All rebel fighters met at fleet headquarters to plan their attack. Princess Leia addressed them. Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. He told me you killed him. No, I am your father. Hello, I am C-3PO, and you are about to listen to the story of Star Wars. Another chapter is here. Welcome to Don't Burn the Sacred Text. My name is Brandon Boylan. I am one of your hosts, and I am here with my co-host. She is cooler than Captain Rex punching a death trooper in the face. It's Lindsay. Okay, what would make me cooler, though, if I was punching a death trooper or a purge trooper now? Uh, I don't know. The the death troopers have the reputation. That's true. You know? That's true. And I get you know, we'll have to revisit this in November when we see the purge troopers a little more and we'll decide what makes me a little bit cooler. Well either way, I'm Captain Rex. So I mean, what more can I ask for? It's canon now that the death troopers are like genetically modified. And the clone it, it troopers are genetically spoiler. modified. So, you know, it's like a battle of the the best who, who's the best and you come out as the best Lindsay. that's what i'm trying to say no you're, matter what. You're all the, right all right i'll take it you know <laughs> what i should just shut up and be grateful you know what you really you, you should just <laughs> shut up yes that's that's a general rule <laughs> and uh we're talking alphabet squadron today and um truth be told Lindsay and i are not starfighter people so we had to bring in an expert on uh the subject matter so we are here with zach chrisman from sith talk Hey, what's up? I have to argue about the Purge Trooper. I think they have already shown their merits um, uh, just by the armor alone. They, they, the Short Trooper was always my favorite, and then I saw the Purge Troopers, and I fell in love. And that was it? It was a done deal right then and there? No, it was a done deal because <laughs> I was at that panel, and they went live on stage, and it blew my mind. It was nuts. Speaking of which, are you going to Celebration Anaheim? Drum roll, please. Uh, no, we're not. Oh. Uh, totally stinks. Uh, we we kind of talked about it, and I didn't think that Sam could get over there. So we I voted for us to be together so that we could watch it at, on my couch. We can do a little bit of couch conning, uh, get some craft brews, hang out, and just kind of Making about Star Wars at my house. I mean, I have a Star Wars basement, so we should be immersed into doing this. So, uh, yeah, it was a hard decision because I really wanted to do that team up with you guys again. Yeah. No, you know what, though? That's, yeah, but that's probably the right decision. I know I did the um, cave up by yourself and watch it when Celebration was in Europe. And I actually took a couple days off work and just, you know, live streamed the whole thing. And it was amazing because you didn't have to worry about i have to be here at this time i hope i get into this you got to really soak everything in so the fact that you and sam get to do that together is going to be a lot of fun yeah because we're legitimately taking off work for this thing and you know that was my argument too we'd get to more panels we'd have fun and we'd probably be able to record stuff a lot faster oh for sure yeah that's a good point i uh so First of all, Clashing Sabers is all going to be at Celebration if you didn't listen to the most recent episode of the flagship show. So you should come because it's going to be awesome and it's probably going to be the only time I ever go to Celebration because I'm going to be so poor afterwards. 
because I've got my wedding, my honeymoon, and Star Wars celebration literally within 60 days of each other, guys. I don't. It's going to be the best 60 days of your life, though. Think of it that way. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's going to be great. But then, like, what, August 31st or whatever, I'm going to be at school like, I'm poor. Please give me lunch money. I'm going <laughs> to. I'm gonna I'm gonna be on free and reduced lunch. Like the teacher is gonna be on free and reduced lunch because I'm gonna be so broke. But I already you're, had, I got permission like this week. Taking nuggets from kids. <laughs> I know, right? Did you just push that kid down? No, you don't have it on camera. You can't prove anything. I, I was hungry. I'm sorry. Uh, this is lunch money. Yeah. <laughs> I uh I did get uh, uh permission from my principal this week. I was like, how early can I request something off? And she's like, what are you talking about? I was like, well, not this school year, but next school year is Star Wars Celebration. She's like, well, of course I'm going to give you that off. That's that's how much of the Star Wars guy I am. Like, I could just say, there's a Star Wars thing, and they're like, yeah, okay. So, I'm excited. Good place to be. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Uh, so, Zach, what uh, other than, of course, Alphabet Squadron, which we're going to talk about tonight, what kind of stuff have you been uh, reading lately? Um, I've been reading a lot of Batman comics. Uh, it's something that the comic book store, my local comic book store, really knows how to sell to me because every week the owner is just like, yeah, but have you checked out this? So I have read the... DC Black Label series uh, comic book run called White uh, Batman White Knight, and it's about the Joker be gaining his sanity back, and he's trying to fix Gotham now that he is a sane man. Um, it's more mature for a little bit. It's it's not like super swearing, but it's a little graphic. Um, but it, it was a phenomenal story, so I've been reading that hush and then the long halloween so i've been i've been really kind of diving into batman and then obviously doing these uh age of the rebellion comics so i've been really getting into, into those yeah i was actually catching up on the uh age of republic comics today i wait until they come out in the volumes and, and buy them digitally so i'm usually pretty pretty far behind on the comics but i was really impressed i got through the majority of uh Age of Republic today, and it got me excited about um, about the the other ones that they have coming out. So I'm looking forward to jumping into the the Rebellion ones and the Resistance ones. I I might have to come to you for comic uh, recommendations because, like at work, I'll I'll uh, you know whenever I got a free second, read a couple slides of the comic because um, it's just a lot easier to keep up with with everything going on around me. Um, so I actually like just recently got into comics, so I'm gonna have to to lean on your expertise for some advice there. Yeah, and I, I and I'm not to totally derail it. Um, I the thing I really like about the DC Black Label is uh, their limited runs. So when you, it's not like the Batman continuity where it's always going and constantly, um, you know, keeps advancing. These are runs that last like six months. So it's like eight issues in one volume, and it's a condensed story that's not in a canon so it is like they don't have to hold anything back or save anything for later it's its own condensed story which makes it a very interesting read and a lot of people that know comics the most famous comic book runs are actually non-continuity ones so i mean that's that's what i've really been digging in i really like that too just because it seems like such an easier access point for someone who is just starting to get into everything and they don't have the burden of am i all caught up am i going to understand what's going on it's just a nice quick you know get in get your feet wet see if it's something you enjoy and if so then great you can dive in when that run is over 
and and that's kind of kind of how I feel about um, some of the Star Wars stuff. I wish yeah. I wish we could maybe do a game like Knights of the Old Republic and say, "Hey guys, this is not canon. It's not. We're going to put a big sticker that says not canon, but then we can kind of go ahead and do our own story." That's why the Old Republic um, MMO still has a really nice following because it is a, a different universe of its own, but they can write anything they want and it's completely unattached, which means the writers can go nuts. And I think sometimes that's unnecessary. Would it be confusing? Yes. It will it never happen? Probably. But it's it's what's nice about that. But see, I think you could still do something like that. Like I'm reading through Legends at the same time that I'm reading through Canon. And like, for example, I just uh, finished Outbound Flight and now I'm listening to Thrawn. And it's not like... It's not like it's confusing. It's not like the characters are, are radically different. Like, across Batman media or Spider-Man or whatever you have, there's a, a general understanding of who the character is. Um, I'd be interested to see that because I, I feel like you could do something like that in, like, a maybe an online video game format. Maybe not, like, a major release, but, like, hey, we're going to put this up, you know, as a free game online or something like that. Well, but to like kind of get to Fallen Order, and I think Fallen Order looks amazing. I'm so excited for Fallen Order. But, you know, I'll talk to a lot of guys at work, and they're saying, yeah, I really hope it's the kind of game where you can choose dark and light and, and kind of choose your path. And I was like, yeah, just, hey, it's not going to be that game. Just telling you right now, it's going to have its own story that's set out before you. It's But it's going to be fun, and it's going to be about a Jedi, and you're going to be able to wreck house, but... It's going to have its story. So because of the canon, they have to do it that way. No longer can you do the Revan, you know, one way or another. It has to be within continuity, which is awesome. Uh, I love continuity. I really do. Um, But it has its pros and cons. Yeah, it absolutely does. I think something like like an open world type game. Um, where they they really advertise it as like tell your own Star Wars story kind of thing where there's a general like understanding put out there that like hey this is your own creation like you're playing in the universe but it's not you know quote unquote our story um, could be pretty interesting. Speaking of uh, of canon, I realized something this week that's gonna tear the entire canon down. You guys ready for this? I don't know if I am. But thanks oh. for the warning. <laughs> yeah. I just I wanted to to get everybody um prepared. Everybody knows I'm a big Ahsoka fan. So as is usually the case with me, I was reading through part of the Ahsoka novel uh this week. And I specifically was reading the Siege of Mandalore, um, I guess interlude that's in the beginning. And guys, she has green lightsabers. In Clone Wars, she's going to have blue lightsabers. Everything's done. Just oh. Star Wars is over. We're done. Well, I they guess could everyone on the story group needs to be fired. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they could get... they. She could bleed them green. Oh, yeah. You never know. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know what? Speaking of, speaking of that, um, you know, this is how nerdy my brain goes. When I'm watching, like, the videos of like Star Wars explained going through the lightsabers and stuff. Cause I'm a big lightsaber guy. Uh, I collect them 
And, you know, he was going through all the different crystal colors. And the one of the crystal colors is da -da -da red. And I was like, huh. So we can't bleed our blades? Like, how is that even canon? There's no red crystals. You have to bleed the blade, man. Like, how do you do that? You're so that's right. continuity's destroyed right there. Like, Galaxy's Edge is a hoax. They lied to yeah. us. God. Let's burn it down. Fake we'll news. Again. Fake <laughs> news. Start over. <laughs> it was... It was funny, though, because I tweeted that out, and then E.K. Johnston uh, tweeted back, and she's like, it's almost like Dave Filoni thinks about his stories past 2016. <laughs> and I was like, you're the best. <laughs> I love you so much. Uh, Low blow. God. So, guys, everybody, internet, calm down. It's going to be okay. We're going to survive. We'll get through this together. Yes. <laughs> it's just, it cracks me up. Like, I'm... I'm all for like the continuity and I think it's important to have like certain things line up. Like for example, going to like Thrawn, like having Thrawn in uh rise of Skywalker would be a big struggle because you'd have to explain what happened in those what 40, 50 years in between because of the continu uh, continuity. But like, having Thrawn on an adventure somewhere and it's like, oh, it actually overlapped a day where he was actually on this other mission too is not that big of a deal. And I yeah. I just don't, I don't know. For me, I don't personally get the, I don't know, overzealous um, nitpicking of continuity. And, and I'm not saying that as an insult. I'm just saying like, I just don't get it. So if you get it. There's more important things. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm trying yeah. to say. There's, there's other things to focus on. And... That kind of leads into uh, what we're talking about today, which is Alphabet Squadron, because I think, and, and Zach, uh, we've talked about this on the show, uh, Lindsay and I, a lot. Uh, one of the things I really appreciate about the new canon versus Legends in particular is the new canon is taking more risks in its storytelling style. Um, uh, uh, to me, a lot of the, the Legends content is action-adventure books, they have a, a, a very simple format. You you know what you're getting going into it, and that's not a bad thing at all. Um, if that's what you're, if you go in knowing what what you're getting, but personally for me, I like that they're taking risks and telling stories uh, that are from different points of view, like Last Shot, um, doing even Heir to the Jedi, doing a first person Luke story. I thought. Even though it didn't, it wasn't my cup of tea. I thought it was interesting. So that brings us to Alphabet Squadron because, again, another book that just not quite my cup of tea. I'm not much of a starfighter guy. I, I don't really, I can't really visualize the space battles very well. You, on the other hand, Zach, are a major starfighter guy. So this book, how did it hold up for somebody who is, is way more into that aspect of things? Um, well, I gotta say, Sam is more of a star uh, fighter guy than I am. But as far as the book itself, um, I had a oh, man. This this sounds unfortunate, but I had a little bit of a tough time getting locked into the book. It took a little bit to get me kind of rolling, and that's coming from somebody who did buy the prequel comics, who um, was very excited for this book. Uh, I think last time me and Lindsay talked, we were talking about our excitement for it, and it took a little bit to draw me in, um, simply because it took a long time for me to 
understand the main character and who I'm supposed to really follow here. I didn't really know how I felt about her for a long time in the book. Yeah. Yeah. I have to agree too, because my, and Brendan, I know I said this to you, it was so strong in the middle for me, it fell flat in the beginning. And then again at the end and the big reason in the beginning was just what Zach said. I couldn't really connect with the character in particular. And I honestly, at the end of the book, I still couldn't, maybe even less. And I like the middle of the book where it's less about Quell and more about these guys kind of all coming together and finding their own groove. I think it was at its best when the focus was off of her and more just on how the squadron operates as a whole. At the end, that's when we get too, in my opinion, too into the star fighting and the battle sequences, things like that. But in the beginning, yeah, it was, I, I totally agree. It was tough to jump on that train and really understand where we were in the story. Um, and it could even be to Brandon's earlier point too, with how they are going about telling the story. You know, it's tough when we're jumping around between four or five different people to really grasp on and say, this is who I connect with. This is who I care about. And these are the struggles they're going through. Yeah. And, and one of the things I had a problem with as I was reading this, and this is like a personal problem, but I was was comparing Quell to Iden Versio because it, it's just a mm. similar situation, um, you know, where they defect after the Emperor dies. They defect because of Operation Cinder. Uh, I mean, very, very similar situations going on there. And I think Iden is just a much, much stronger character. Whereas, like you pointed out, Lindsay, the other guys here are are much more compelling but I think they get hurt by the fact that we meet them all in these squadrons. So you you have the point of view character, but you never really know exactly if they're the person that's going to end up in Alphabet Squadron and things like that. And I actually had to go back and look at the the uh, pictures that they released of the characters to, yeah. to actually be like, okay... So Will is the one that I need to be focused on, and Nath is the one that I need to be focused on, things like that. Um, I really, it, it hurt, it, it honestly hurts me to kind of like start out crapping on the book because I, I know a lot of people really enjoyed it, and I'm super excited about that. But just, Lindsay, I think you brought up a really good point. The first act is kind of difficult. The second act is much, much stronger. And then the third act is, I, I guess it's good if you are, are into to Starfighters and you can follow that stuff. I felt like it was a well-written, um, I guess, battle. Um, and I like what they did with each of the characters. I thought that was really powerful. But see, the difference between Aiden Versio, I mean, unless I'm like mistaking in my head, the difference between um, Aiden Versio and... Quell is Iden Versio switched over right when she knew bad sh stuff was happening. Um, and as opposed to Quell, like she knew they were blowing people up and she just kept going. 
And she originally was like, oh, I want to become the rebellion, but now I'm comfortable here. So essentially she was a character that got comfortable and then saw bad things go down and just chose to roll with it until they were she was on the losing side. And then she was just like, okay, well, I guess I'll go back. And I just don't understand, like, I get why Iden Versio did what she did. I understand um, even reading the book, she really did think they were the bad guys, like, for a yeah. long time. And then yeah. and then her whole city's burning down. And it all it took was a city for Iden to be like, no, this is not right. I need to leave. And Quell's just like, one, she's really unlikable. I mean, I just don't think she's a very likable character i i I wasn't rooting for her um at the end of the book i understood her more but i was never really rooting for her if that makes sense no that makes total sense and and it's the it's the iden has this moral compass that she sticks to no matter what you know um until literally that compass is is blown to bits and it's exposed as a lie and then she takes those same principles and applies them to the rebellion where where like you pointed out Zach is Quell just she seems to just be willing to just go with the flow which is good in some cases except for you know when your country is committing genocide and <laughs> then it's like well okay I can't exactly turn my back to this and not do anything about it. Well, I think Quell's biggest argument from time to time is just, yes, I know I'm bad and I know I messed up, but hey, I wasn't as bad as these other guys. They messed up even more. And when she's sitting there saying, yeah, I I know I'm committing genocide. I know I'm doing these terrible things. But hey, I figured it out earlier than those 10 other people. Yeah, but that doesn't justify sticking with it no no it doesn't and you know i think that's really where zach kind of hits it on the head which is it's it's hard to like her because you can't justify it it's a weak justification when they're sitting there saying i might not be the first in line to leave but i'm not the last um and that's kind of how they seem to want to rope you in with her And it just, for me, it didn't work. I think she was one of the weaker characters in the book. And there are really strong ones. You know, I want to focus on that. I think Chaz is fantastic. I think, actually, the droid was one of the better droids that we've seen, even. ITO. You know, they did a great representation of um, Hera. And then, overall, I think what makes this book stand out for me. It's not the characters. It's not the plot. It's not even necessarily the different points of views that we get. Uh, The reason why I would say I like this book is because the themes are so much more unique for anything that we've gotten in Star Wars before. Um, It's not a coming-of-age story. It's not, you know, right versus wrong by any means. It really is a story of this is what war does to individual people and this is how individual people will start to cope with their grief over these things yeah absolutely and i think i think it's like a lot of the other characters again you know i understood where they were coming from and you're supposed like quell is front cover and i think that's the big that's the biggest problem with the book to me is quell everything else i'm pretty good 
Um, but another thing for me was more like I was picturing it as an anime. Like it would have been a really good anime or animated movie rather than a book. I just think it's hard to visualize exactly what what the what what the story was trying to describe i think it's a lot more intense when you're when you're doing an animation movie rather than a book i i don't know maybe just to me it might have not been the right medium that spoke to me so yeah well i mean i'm with you there because like when i i I read the the first rogue squadron book and and i I, I I struggled with it in the beginning and then started to like it more towards the end, which is exactly what happened with um with with Alphabet Squadron. It's just I never was fully invested in because those moments of character growth that come through the uh the Starfighter pilots happens when they're in the fighter and I just I just don't keep up very well with that. But Lindsay, you made a really good point. Like there are some strong things to dislike about this book, but I think honestly, like <laughs> I feel bad because we started off just like crapping on it, but <laughs> I really, but the book starts off by being so crap. Yeah, that it. was the thing until you get to that second act. I really didn't care. But once you got into that second act, I really, once you had alphabet squadron together. And by the way, I love the way that they named alphabet squadron complete just oh we're gonna come back to that but once they they got the squadron together i really started to like the book yeah it picks up stride i think once they all do come together and you start to have a better feel for who's who and how how they actually connect um i actually think that was maybe one of the reasons why i had a little bit of trouble with it is because we have Will and Chas and they're already connected. They already know each other. So to have two of the main characters already grouped in trying to figure out where everyone else is in connection to each other. Do they know each other? Do they not? What kind of relationship do they have? Um, it was, it was definitely weird to get a hold of that. But once you do, it does start to pick up. And once you understand those relationships and those dynamics, it gets a little bit easier. Yeah. So let's go around the horn and talk about uh, who our favorite characters were. I, I'm i going to... I'll just go ahead and start. I, I feel like Will is the character that I'm most similar to, uh, but the character I liked the best was definitely Chas. I love the idea of a Starfighter pilot blaring music in their headphones as they're flying because i'm like that's exactly what i would do if i was flying a starfighter. oh my god i was like yes this is great and just the, the idea of like these scan discs that had music on there and and her thinking about what would people f- uh find if uh if i died you know like do i really want them to see this music or what 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 do i want to happen to this music or things like that it was just was really cool and I, and I I think also those two characters connected together for me because they uh, they had that personal struggle in between each other you know and and that was really beautiful yeah it was 
And you know, for the next maybe around the horn, who the favorite character was, um, we actually just had another member of Sith Talk join us. We've got Sam Barnes here. What's going on, Sam? I'm a big dummy. Why <laughs> you made it? No, it's just I'm sad. I've been looking forward to this all week, and now I'm late. And you know what? Though? It's called no, making an entrance. Might- <laughs> Everyone's gonna remember know. it. No, nah, no, nah, I'm sad. I'm sad. Well, I don't even know what I've missed on input. I had all these ideas and thoughts. Uh... We've only spent about ten now? minutes. You know what? You missed the part that you probably wouldn't have liked because we do know you are the big starfighter guy. Yes. Just and... here ragging on the starfighting aspect of this. <laughs> of Alphabet Squad. So please enlighten us about your quick thoughts on Alphabet Squadron as the Starfighter guy. What was your takeaway? What did you think of the characters, of the battle scenes, of all that good stuff? Okay, a lot to unpack. First off, overall experiences that I really enjoyed it. I liked... um, It's funny, you think about Star Wars and at least in my mind, I always think of spaceships right away i think of the trench run battle of endor uh hoth all of these involve you know flying ships and as far as uh character driven exciting stories around ships uh we haven't gotten much uh a lot of ground troop stuff sure because we've had the battlefront games which do have a uh flying aspect but it's not the focus um and nothing on the same lines as the old X-Wing series that we used to get or uh, devoted games like Rogue Squadron or um, I forgot what the game was called. Just I think it was just called TIE Fighter. Um, so to actually have a strictly pilot space focused story was great. Um, I think as far as a setup for a trilogy, it's one of the best that I think Star Wars has gotten off to. You know, I like to compare that to Aftermath. And how much I was disappointed by that first book to the point that it took me forever to get to two and three. Um, uh, I think some of the descriptions of the space combat was okay. Like, um, it was usually good or fine. I don't think it was ever bad. Um, wow, there's, it, I'm just trying to unload every thought I've had about this book for the past couple of weeks. Because um, you really did love this book. And it seems like you it, really yeah. liked, yeah. Did, See, it was I told you guys he was a starfighter person. You did. You did. That's why we needed Sam yes, on this. We were the waiting whole, for because it. we were like, me and Brandon are going to rag on this. We don't like the starfighting. We need Sam here to amp us up a little bit about. about. Wow. So, Sam, who was then your favorite character because it was such a mixed bag so was there any one character that really stood out to you uh i mean off the top of my head i want to say uh erica quell i think she's the best <laughs> representation of- we literally just all went yeah we really don't like quell why am i here <laughs> <laughs> no you're here because it's clashing sabers this is what we do <laughs> all right okay Back it up. Let's. Wow, I have so much. This is why I need to be here from the beginning, and I'm mad that I'm late. How much damage has been done that I wasn't there to save? Nothing irreparable. You can redeem us. You can redeem us. Okay, Erica Quell. 
the reason why I enjoy her as a character is um, she she brings out the struggle of what it would actually to be like to be a defector. Um, mm. I, I think she imagine trying to be in someone's shoes where you're um, you're trying to convince people that you're there to help. And I guess to put it historically speaking, imagine, um, and I'm sure this actually happened, say uh, World War II ended, you say you were, I'm just, I'm spinning here, say you were a Nazi and you weren't cool with it, but you were there and you are now brought into the United States and you're fighting against the Soviets. Most people aren't going to like you for who you are. They'll be like, you're just that, I don't care what you do, I don't care what you say, you're a Nazi and you made poor decisions and now you have to remedy them. And so for her character, she has been trained and um, I don't want to say brought up, but she, she has been in the mindset of, I have to be a good Imperial. And that's just a hard thing to shake. Even if deep down she wanted to be a rebel, she understands that, you know, war involves, humans on both sides and she is now has friends and people who she knew as imperials who were on that side and made that difficult choice and for a lot of people i'm sure who were in the empire that wasn't always what they wanted they all weren't strict loyalists that's why she goes into a big descriptor talking about there were the first wave of people that left after alderaan and then um there was people who left after endor and then the people who left after cinder anyone who stayed after that was a gigantic <laughs> because they went through all of that and never thought hmm Something's off. And so for her, she's a great character of struggle. And she's interesting because of that. Will Lark, I like. He's a sweetheart, but I think he's pretty simple. Chestnut Chaddock, uh, also a very, you know, rough and tumble, like, oh, I want to, you know, fight because I'm, I'm angry about all this stuff. Again, interesting. Kairos, super fascinated by. I had an idea of, does she have some weird connection to the... Um, uh, Knights of Ren, because you look at how she looks and how she acts, she seems kind of in that vibe. I'm interested in how, if, is there a connection there or not? Why did her, and totally forgetting his name, the guy who's in charge of Alphabet Squadron. Oh, Aiden? Aiden. 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 Uh, you know, this he, is why I need to listen to the audiobooks. I never know how to pronounce things. That's yeah, all I do. Um, Hit Star yeah. Wars pronunciation doesn't matter. so sam you know uh, i want to i want to stick on one of those points that you said there about um you know quell being a defector and her kind of having to earn her keep if you will do you think that she she did that well enough in this book to to really be the leader of alphabet squadron what a twist uh i would say (laughs) Probably not yet, and that's what's you know how the story continues. Right. Uh, she has. I'm not saying she's a perfect individual, and she has character flaws, and certainly that slows her down from making any good connections with people. It's because she's so locked in on that idea of trying to be the good leader, of trying to prove herself. It's actually slowing her down. Hey, and buddy. So I, I know this is not my show, but I got to ask, because me and you never butt heads this hard on subjects. Um, I really got to ask you, don't you think that it was a little, like her defection was a little convenient for her? Because she was going to be a rebel and then went to the Empire and basically said, 
yeah, I think I'll just stay here. They're pretty cool. And then seeing all of the destruction, she saw the destruction going down and she waited until they lost. To, to well, you can be convinced of things very easily when your superiors are the ones telling you that. One. Two, I understand being stuck in a situation you don't like because you like the people around you. Totally read that. And I totally understand that feeling of this sucks. We're here. And they even say um, the commander of uh, Shadowing, not Grandmother, the other one, mm. dropping names left and right, not remember Ring, um, the guy who um, basically saves her in the end, who lets her go. You know, he Aiden. says, you know, we're fighting. Uh, no, not Aiden. Not Aiden. The, the ca- captain. The Imperial of- one, yeah. Yeah. I am spacing on his name. So, it's really embarrassing. Actually, wait, isn't that an important point, though? Because maybe I just misread the ending. But my understanding of, you know, here's spoiler alert. If you someone is listening to this who hasn't read the book, as Brandon always says, what are you doing? Go read the book first. Um, my understanding of the end of this story, though, is that she didn't necessarily want to defect. Her defection was still just following another imperial order. Is that how you guys read the ending? Not me. I mean... Um. It was it, to me. It was kind of like the the kid who always was doing what their parents told them, and you know went on and and became you know a lawyer or a doctor or whatever uh, because their parent wanted them to. But they always wanted to really be an artist, and their parents are like, we never cared what you were as long as you were happy, and they're able to go and become an artist. So it's like it's not necessarily a bad thing it, it it to me it was almost like she needed that validation to allow herself to let go of her squadron um and, and focus on herself yeah i i took it as she had seen evil of the empire from afar was saying you know it's it's pretty bad but like i'm gonna keep going like you said sam and then she actually was fighting and doing the bad stuff and it took doing the bad stuff to really say, okay, I physically cannot do this anymore. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the way I, I took it. But I also have to say that, Captain, um, that is the biggest intrigue uh, for me with the book because I really don't trust that scumbag. No, and not I want to see I, I want to see more of this dude, and I want to see him unravel as the series goes on because – he is a fully blown alcoholic that is literally on the on the edge of just falling apart. And it's it's so weird because when you take a step back of who he is and what he's doing to these five people, his motivation is actually pretty solid. You know, he's there the whole time just saying I understand that as we are going into this new phase of the political, you know, state of the galaxy we need to shift our focus away from these guerrilla warfare tactics and we need to be more intelligence based and that's really his whole thing that he's trying to carry forward he is willing to sacrifice people for the greater good being that the greater good is you know moving into the 21st century using these new technologies putting these new strategies in place and overall on paper that's not a bad thing but he does it in the scummiest ways possible. And it's so hard to trust him that you almost forget 
you kind of agree with the points he's making. I I like what he's trying to do, but like with Will, that really that really rubbed me the wrong way with him because like with Will, Will just want I think it's Will just wants to go back home. Yeah, he just wants to be done, and so he's talking to the droid, and he's like, "So how can we bend him to our will and make him join?" And I was like, "Well, that's pretty scumbag of you." Yeah. Like, I mean, he got him, uh, and Will pressed on, but I mean, you know, towards the end. A lot of those people thought they were going to die. And, you know, do you really believe in the cause or did you just get convinced, you know? Um, And so that was a big problem with me. Well, I think I think a fun thing that. No, no, go for it. Go for it, Sam. I think it does a good job of, you know, diving into the idea that not all rebels are good and or New Republic. Not all New Republic people are good and not all the Imperials are bad. And that's what's intriguing. Yeah. And it, it, it adds a dimension to it. Well, and I think uh, uh, Agent Cern, you know, the he he's a really good example of what Hera says there. Um, to I, I think it was to Quell where she says, "We know we knew how to we knew how to lose. We don't know how to win this much, right?" And he and he's trying to prepare for that future that the the future that the winds are going to bring them. But like you said, like it's still. The original Star Wars was very, like, black and white, like, here's the good guys, here's the bad guys. But when you look at a larger galaxy, in any larger galaxy, it's not that pure. I think I might maybe have a... uh, I don't want to say definitely good understanding, but maybe the reason why we don't like or trust um, Captain Aiden is because one of the big points of the story is actually what the droid ITO says when he's talking to, it might be Quell, and he's going through the different members of the squadron, and he says something, he goes, your pain doesn't diminish theirs. And with every other character, including, if not especially, Harrison Dula, we get to understand their pain, and we understand how they're coping with it, and how they're dealing with it with each other and on their own. Whereas Aiden is really the only person who we don't understand his pain. And maybe that's where the discrepancy lies and why we feel like we can't trust him, why we feel like he's abusing these other characters, because we just don't understand the pain he's been in so far. And maybe he just doesn't have any. Maybe he hasn't been through what these other soldiers have been through. Um, I think, honestly, you know, Sam, I know you love the starfighting aspect of it. I think this is what would get me more into the starfighting aspect of it is dealing with pain and how they are helping each other cope, if not not coping at all. And now all of a sudden you have this outlier in this captain who we're supposed to trust and we just can't because he doesn't have that deeper level. Well, first off, I'm I'm still sitting here kind of reeling that we're we're all I let me just do a quick poll. Because everyone else in the audience knows what's going on except me. <laughs> the three of you don't like this book. I said I like the middle of it. I didn't really like the beginning. It took a while for me to get into. Um, wasn't a big fan of the end, but that's on me. That's because I just don't do well reading the battle sequences. I'm much better in a comic book or in a movie or TV show where I can see the actual battles. When I read it, I have a lot of trouble visualizing it. 
Um, so I kind of fell apart at the end just for that reason. I know that's for that reason. There are other books that I say the exact same thing for. Um, but I really do like the middle of it when things start to pick up, when it starts to jive a little bit and starts to go into the deeper themes. I am really hopeful, you know, Sam, you made a great point that we haven't even touched on. It is a trilogy. We still have a while to go. I don't know if it's going to end with the Battle of Jakku. I don't know if it'll be before or after that. But no matter what, we still have two more of these stories to really flush everything out. Um, So as a book on its own, I'm iffy about it. As a book that is the first of a trilogy, I feel much more solid. I started out really struggling with this book. And the things that I don't like are pretty glaring. Like I really don't like Quell. Um, I don't really like the way that they introduce the characters. But overall, I did actually enjoy the book a lot. Um, it got me excited for, for the future books. And honestly, I, I mean, the, the main thing I was thinking while I was reading is I wish this was Aftermath. I wish this was the trilogy they gave us to to uh, show us the galaxy. I think if you do this book with the interludes of Aftermath, it's much stronger mm-hmm. than each of those books individually. But that's a whole other topic. But to answer your question, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed it, but it is far from my favorite book. Exactly. Um, well, one, I have to comment that right now you look like the video of sad Ben Affleck when he looks like he's just oh getting God, no. with a hammer <laughs> because you really thought you were going to come into like, oh, yeah, this is amazing, bro. I feel so bad. I owe you a, a beer when you get over here. Um, I I like a lot of things about this book. I like the state of the galaxy. Like, hey, we were united by one cause, take down the Empire and now we won. What does this look like with so many different opinions about where we should be? I love that. That is the heart of this book for me is where these characters are at. I love the the side characters the best, where the book falls apart. Again, I just don't feel bad for Erica Quell. Like towards the end, where it left off, it left me like really excited for part two because I did at the very end when she starts like kind of opening up to people i i liked her but like i just there were so many times where i was gonna message you and say erica sucks let me put it that way (laughs) there was a lot of times but i didn't want to bring you down i just (laughs) i'm starting to like erica but she's like taking her time it's it's like we've been on a couple dates i i might take her out to the movies but I don't know yet because she's not really like getting me like sold on her character. I'm so sorry. I understand Hera's frustration with her because of that exact reason (laughs) where it's like every, every time you think the date's going well, it's like, then maybe it just falls apart right then and there towards the end where you're like, Oh, it left a bad taste in my mouth. But if I can just forget those last five minutes, it wasn't that bad. And anytime Hera gives her the opportunity to step up and become a better leader and a better soldier and a better rebel, she starts to try to take it. And then Quill just messes everything up. And it's like, oh, you had the best intentions and you just didn't. 
I, I will promise I'll be done after this. Um, mine is the opposite, Lindsay, in which this day, you know, it starts out like, you know, it, it's it's going okay. Like, she's like, yeah, I'm such a nerd. But then she talks about the stuff she's like. Like, I love Star Trek. I love manga. <laughs> and I'm like, eh, I don't really care about those. So, like, why am I here? But at the end, like, right when I walk her to the doorstep, She's like, but I love Star Wars. And I'm like, all right. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's how I feel about Erica Paul right now. No, so, so no, the reason I would say it's it's the opposite. I love this analogy. Brandon, this is like my Tinder analogy last week. <laughs> I haven't gotten to talk about my date yet. <laughs> But my thought is like in when they're at the temple, okay, let's look at when they're at the temple and she has the chance to go off and protect the crew. And it's in her mind. She's like, this is great. They're going to know that I'm ready to fight for them. Just like Hera said, when in reality, it's like you just left your crew to do all the grunt work that you didn't want to do for three days. <laughs> like it, it starts off so well intentioned and then she just plummets so often. But Sam, tell us about your date. You're all missing it. You're all missing it. <laughs> Sam, this, like, I, it's this, the this best is... first date ever. You know, right on the first Look, date. No. Erica <laughs> Quell is complicated. Erica Quell has a history, but she cares. She just doesn't know how to say it. She can tries her best. She's like, you know what? No, I'm going to be a rebel. I'm going to steal the ship and actually get the mission going because the stupid guy in charge of the um, intelligence stuff, what's his name? Ah, names. Um, his name, according to Wikipedia, Aiden. is Aiden. Aiden. Yes. Karen Aiden literally is screwing everything up for her. How can she be doing good when literally Aiden's getting in the way? Yeah, you guys are saying, oh, this girl's so stupid. Why is she so frustrated that she can't do anything? Oh, because literally all this whole time, her deep motive and what she cares about doing is actually helping the rebellion. That's like saying, oh, I don't even have a good analogy for this. This is not how I thought this was going to be. <laughs> you're all going out there like, oh, you don't like the same food I like. She's like, yeah, because you're only showing me half the menu. Like, that's what you guys are all complaining about. You're like, oh, Erica Quell's so rude. Erica Quell, you know, she goes, walks off and tries to do the best things because she thought that's what she was supposed to be doing. It's like, okay, someone needs to put their life on the line and try and defend anyone. Oh, I'm going to try and step up. Someone, you know, She's also coming from the imperial perspective. It's like having two families growing up in two different ways. The fact that she can make any of these steps as a character after being like being drilled into her head and being in the 204th and actually surviving in it is like, I, oh, I should be, I have to be the, the stern leader. I have to pull them together. Yeah, she's wrong, but she's coming from the best place she can. And it's like, I think that's what makes her an interesting character. Of course, she's not a swashbuckling, perfect, you know, commander of her unit because we have to start somewhere. Okay, so, so what Sam said is he likes his girls to have a lot of problems. <laughs> <laughs> My wife is a great person. You take that. <laughs> so, no, what I'm saying is. Oh. I think this I think I think what you're I, th I think the the point I'm I'm seeing there and you're you are kind of swaying me a little bit here is my bit the big thing for me was she's just not a leader who I would be willing to follow whereas 
you know, Aiden Versio is somebody I would get behind, whether she was on the Empire or the Rebellion. You know, she's somebody that I would fight for. Whereas Quell, I, I just wouldn't at this point. And I think that's a good point you brought up that, like, we have to start somewhere. So, so maybe the point of starting her this low um, and starting her as this terrible of a leader is so that when we get to that third book and she does something miraculous, for lack of a better term, to really fight for her unit, um, maybe giving her life for her unit in some way or, or, or something of that nature, that we really get that gut punch of, oh my gosh, this this woman started out not even knowing how to do this, and now she is, you know, a legend to the level of, like, Jin Erso, you know? Had a thought, had a thought, had a thought. Okay. Um, Aiden, he clearly has what he wants to do. He wants to eliminate the 204th. And we also, it's not that, of course, there is a military reason why, but I feel like he has an underlying reason why he wants to get rid of them. He makes it very clear he doesn't like her, that as soon as they can get rid of her or have her under his foot, that's what he wants. So from the outset, she is set up to fail as a character. She is given... Uh, okay. Furthermore, I'm going to talk about spaceships. Let's let let's let's not even think about spaceships. Let's just think about actual fighter groups. The point of a fighter squad is that all of you work together and to to protect each other, to have each other's backs. That's why you know teamwork is so important in it, and why they usually always keep them all the same model is so that you can all accelerate the same, break the same, turn the same. You know what you're all doing, and you can move as one. They're, they're just, like, again, an alphabet soup, basically, of just throwing together what they've got. How in the hell are you supposed to do a good job when literally every single unit you've got is different and have wildly different purposes? A-wings are super fast. X-wings are all-rounders. A U-wing is an assault craft. It's not a fighter. And an A-wing's a bomber. How can they at all, like, back each other up? I So I could see where, strategically speaking, you know, they have all those struggles in the beginning. Of course they are. So... I guess the biggest distinction is here and how I could see all of you guys not liking her is she is trying really hard, but also I don't want to say doesn't want to ask for help, but wants to prove she's perfect on her own. And she's not so, set up for she's not being set up for succeeding yeah. at all. And I do yeah, I no, do get that. She's set to I fail. do get that. But my 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 it's not I guess it's not my problem really with with Quell. It's with it's kind of well. I mean, I guess the writing the writer did write Quell, but I mean, it's. I wish I would have heard her be a little bit more honest, even in her thoughts. I feel like there's so much imperial damage done to her that she can't even think things that she wants to think because then that would be treason. I think there's so many like, it's 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 she's very dense in the sense of like, she's not very emotional. The whole time that she's kind of going through it, she's just like saying, I deserve it. I deserve it. I deserve it. And I, I'm more like, why? Okay, but why do you want to be here? It took a long time for me to understand. And I, I mean, I was going to message you on that really crappy day last Wednesday. Um, and I was going to tell you that the end of the book did the whole justice for me. If, if I were being honest, like I, the end of the book sold me for the next one. Completely, 100%. It just took a little bit of a long time to get there. That being said, 
I love BVS, so what really can't <laughs> your opinion like, is invalid? Can, uh, can we actually? I have one last thing to say. I'm sorry. No, no, go for Not it. One last thing. I, I, I'll never shut up. I have one other idea or, or thought I had is a lot of the things you guys are saying is complaints about the characters, the book overall are almost a mere copy for what I said when I read Alexander Freed's other book, Twilight Company. Twilight Company, I didn't like through the first time. I didn't like any of the characters. I thought none of them were sympathetic. I thought none of them were interesting. I thought um, the, 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 the male lead in that, I can't remember his name right off because I haven't listened to the book in a while, but he is a lot like Quell. Very stubborn, doesn't want other people's inputs, struggles, and comes around. But it's, I feel like Alexander Freed writes these characters who take time to understand, and that's why I'm happy that it gets a trilogy, because it took, I, I listened to Twilight Company, I think two or three times. I think it was like, I tried, I listened to it once, tried to listen to it a second time, but on the third try, I liked it a lot more and I enjoyed it as a story. And that's why I was so excited for him to do Alphabet Squadron. I, he writes a lot of characters as, I don't want to say middle road characters. There, there aren't a lot of heroes. There aren't a lot of They're villains. your everyday, everyday warriors. Yeah, but I think that's a, a, a better take on it and it is more satisfying to um what's the word i'm looking for it's 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 tough to eat but it's satisfying still like you have to work for it and understand it but i enjoy how the end result goes alexander freed is the broccoli of star wars writers (laughs) (laughs) i was thinking lobster but that's what you're saying yes well good for you but tough to eat (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think talking about what we've been talking about uh, and Zach going to something that you mentioned about her not being honest, maybe that's the the point. And and they they talk a lot, particularly ITO, the the torture droid turned psychiatrist, which is just great and disturbing all at the same time, uh, about that she's lying. And even at the end there where she tells Aiden the truth she doesn't tell him the whole truth but we never get what that whole truth is and i always say like psychologically we're best at lying to ourselves because you know we can tell a lie and we're fully convinced that everybody else believes what we said and everybody else is like you're full of it um and and i think that's kind of the case with her you know she she's was such a part of the machine and she let the the propaganda of the empire wear down her dreams and her goals that it's just like this record on, on repeat and she just doesn't know how to turn it off. Yeah. As far as the lying goes, um, I, I don't blame her for lying really. I mean, like uh, I did a little bit, but like towards the end, like I said, with, with her not being set up or even given a chance to succeed, like, you know, the whole Everybody that's in the, you know, the um, the rebellion were defectors. And then, like, yeah, she did wait a long time to get there, but she did eventually get there. She explained her reasons, and then Aiden was like, hey, you should join me. We got, we got candy over here. But then she joined him, and then he was just really mean to her. I don't blame her for wanting to lie, because then she's going to get even more um, hate for being who she is. Um, and that's why I like that Hera scene when, when Hera explains to Aiden, like, hey, 
we're all the, def- you know, everybody here is mostly a defector. Like you need to either trust them or get them off your team because they're mostly a mixed bag here. And I, I did appreciate that part, but I don't blame her for, for lying. So let's go to the, the other characters because we've talked about Quell for like an hour now and we said we didn't like her. Uh, apparently she's <laughs> compelling at the very least because we've talked about her for like an hour. Um, I talk- One out of four like her. Huh? Sam, I do have to say you did start to, I don't want to say totally change my mind on her, but you made me more excited to get her for another two yeah, books you- and see where her story goes. I'll say that. I was about to say the same thing. You've kind of swayed me to <laughs> maybe her story is not exactly what I thought it was. So I- I'm going to go, well, go back and reread it with a more open mind. Yeah, I mean, I do have one more question, though, because, Lindsay, you said, I know, you you read, read the books, right? Like, the book. Yeah, like the Um, physical book, yeah. And and I know Zach does, but, and, oh, my God, I don't know your name. Brandon. I am the worst ever. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, Oh, this is totally staying in, too, just so you know. (laughs) Good, good. This is, this is, this is on, this is my... Streak. This is go- this is fitting the mood. Brandon. Brandon. It's very in line with the rest of your day. Uh, it, yeah, uh-huh. Brandon, do you read the books or do you listen I, to I read the I read the books. I read the physical copy. Now now Zach, it kind of ruins my theory here because I think part of what helps at least bring this story to light for me is that I always think they do a good job with the audio design for these and how um, all the characters come to life more and the, the, the fights have more impact. So I, that was just a curiosity. Well, no, I, I think that definitely could be a factor because I'm listening to the audio of Thrawn right now getting prepped for Thrawn Treason. And one of the things I realized is I think the audio of Thrawn makes Thrawn a lot more menacing than reading it and just having his voice in your head. Um because it's that slow, melodramatic, drawn out language, and you just it, it kind of creeps you out a little bit, right? Um, and I think that, and, and Sam, maybe you can speak to this. I feel like the audiobook would be better for a book about starfighters because you have the sound effects that can get your heart racing going with the the music. They can talk a little faster, talk a little slower where it need be, and you just get more of that intensity. Absolutely, and that's and maybe. Maybe that's where uh, a difference uh, could... in our, our opinions may stem from, in part. Yeah. Speaking of that, I do have a question about the audiobook then, Sam. When I, Chaz I, I first Starfighter, you did that? Yeah, but okay, I liked so... it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't listen to him. Listen to me. So then I'll keep it for Sam. Sam, did they have the um, music that Chess would listen to in her starship? Did they actually like have that music they in did. the audiobook? Oh, I feel like that alone is worth. I'm going to listen to it literally it, just it, for that. It's yeah. it's subtle, it, but they will. And the thing is, too, is most of the audiobooks that they do with Star Wars, they just say, "Hey, look, this soundtrack from Return of the Jedi fits pretty well in here, and this song from Attack of the Clones fits pretty well in here." But this one had a lot of I don't think it was probably uniquely composed, but it was more synthy, electronic-y. It sounded different, and it kind of had like a different suspense to it. It felt like a totally different book than anything else I've listened to as far as the Star Wars audiobook because they strayed so far from what normally you'd think of. Where 
like the the typical you know oh we're gonna go into the trench run of this or that so i i liked that especially for her because like whenever her music would come on they would have a type of song that sounds like what she's describing and um i i mean i guess it's great that we have more genres of uh, star wars music other than jizz (laughs) anything other than that I my headcanon is that she listens to the same music that Zeb was rocking out to uh in yeah. Rebels. Like that's literally I'm like they would be friends. That's how I appreciate it. I well, like it too cuz I lean towards her being my favorite in this book. I'm still not totally convinced she is to be honest, but I'm leaning towards she is my favorite one. She, Man, because I had a question for you, Lindsay, because I thought we were going to all like this book. <laughs> we do um, like the book. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, where uh, she gets the, the tattoo of the, the Alphabet Squad. And I was like, man, I wonder if Lindsay would do that. But now I'm, I'm not so sure. <laughs> you know, No, don't count it out. Hey, can we, don't count can it we out talk for a minute yet. about how they named Alphabet Squadron? Just, just on a meta thing for a minute here everybody was making fun of alphabet squadron myself included when the title came out oh we gave it such oh my god we tore it to pieces and i will readily admit the way they named it in this book i was like that is awesome because the way they named it was by everybody else calling them alphabet squadron and making fun of them and Hera was like i guess it's gonna stick and it was the best so Props to Alexander Freed for that and whoever else helped come up with that idea of, of that being the title and that just I, I I imagine they were just sitting there just laughing, going, just wait till you find out. It was a nice little touch. It was. It was good. And I, I do feel a little silly now that we made fun of it for so long. I know, right? I'm like, um, maybe I should, you know shut up first and and talk <laughs> later but read the book first but that's not my thing that's not what i do um so i one of the things we were talking about uh before we came onto the show was the the continuity of the the new canon and things like that and i feel like this one had a lot of that content in there that picks up from other places and so i wanted to kind of look at that for a minute you have of course Hera, which y'all know where i stand on Hera. love Hera. um you have things like operation cinder just all these things that were presented first in another medium that were now brought into alphabet squadron how do you guys feel that that was done do you feel like it felt pretty seamless were there parts where you were kind of it kind of felt forced in or anything like that i had one complaint Oh, yes, go for it. It was, I had one, I because everything else was pretty well integrated, but there was one part where I'm like, really, this is how we're going to tie this in? It was when uh, Chasna Chaddock talked about how um, um, she was saved by, um, now I have Iden Versio's name. (laughs) Jane Erso. This is what happens when you're... Jen Erso, this is what happens when you're working crazy overtime all the time. Um, Jen Erso saved her, and I'm like, oh, hooray! Like it just seemed like the like everything else was so seamless, and this just felt like, oh, that was. Mm. But she did join up agree. with. Uh, she did join up with the the partisans fighter squadron later, so eh, I guess it balances See? out. But it was the only one out of everything else that was tied in just so perfectly. And the fact that they're tying this in with a brand new comic and the comic is doing a good job tying it with the book and they're kind of cross 
referencing each other. Um, that was the only one that fell flat. Everything else was great. I'm right Especially with you there. They hit that so hard. Is the is is the comic and the book clashing sabers? Hey, I see what you did there. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's go to that. Let's go to that because that's. I think that's. I think that's a uh, a good thing to talk about since it came up. Um, I, Lindsay, have you been reading the comic? I haven't been reading the comic. I have been. Okay, so um, I'm going to stand I out on this one. Wished... No, I think you're actually going to be in a better position though because throughout the entire time reading the book, anytime the two hundred fourth was mentioned. I went back and was referencing the early pages of the comics to be like, oh, is this person in the comics? Do I know this name? Should that should I remember this? Should I remember that? And while they're they do mention each other and they do kind of cross weave there, it's nothing direct where it's the same exact characters coming in and out that we know of yet. You know, they use some code names in the book, but there's nothing directly mentioned in the comic books in the book. Um, but I think that's that is kind of a strength and something to enjoy. So, Brandon, I think you're going to be in a better position because you didn't go into the book waiting for certain connections to be made. Hmm. See, I, you, you talked about the code names. I'm wondering if slowly we're going to figure out which code name fits with which one of the characters that they're presenting in the TIE Fighter comic, right? Like, that seems like a, a direction they would go get more of the stuff out there, get people excited about it, and then start revealing those connections. I mean, kind of like we talked about with, with I'm, I'm going to bring her up again, with Quell and, and having her evolve across the trilogy. I feel like you could have the comic and the book kind of become more closely tied as you go along. Yeah, what I would actually like, and Zach, I'm so happy you're here as the Lord of Lore to keep us focused and fact-checked for us. But what I would like actually isn't so much to use the comics to find out more about the 204th. Well, I think that's cool. What I would like to see more of are the hints that were dropped in Alphabet Squadron about the different planets and the different genocides and the different ships. There was so much about Operation Cinder that I at least didn't recognize. And as far as I know, it was new. But other than... Um, let's see, they made some mentions about Operation Cinder, Naboo, Vardos, we got those in Battlefront. But there were a ton of other ones that didn't stand out to me as something that we had seen before from Operation Cinder. It, it definitely um, made it feel more widespread than yeah, it did in Battlefront. Yeah, as opposed to just, you know, here's one person doing one thing. It gives you a scope for everything, but Zach, as the Lord of Lore, was there anything that they kind of planted in this book that you would like to see them expand on, either in a comic or something else? Um, well, while I have, like, mixed bags about the book, I, I really do love the comic um, a lot. Um, I enjoy it. Um, but the whole thing about Operation Cinder to me is something that, like, it may be a topic for another time, but it's very compelling with the hint of the emperor coming back um, in Rise of Skywalker. If he does come back, that means he had a plan to come back. And I want to know if Operation Cinder, if there was a reason for it. If, like, what is the reason for it? That's really what I want to know. 
and that would be cool if if the the trilogy ends up answering that um and you know rise of skywalker will be out by the time the second book you know debuts so maybe they have a little more information they can play with um but i I guess i just want to know the I want to know more intentions as to what are the the Emperor's droids. I love those things. Yeah. I love those things. I love the Battlefront. I want to know, like, why... Well, one, to me, now it seems like him coming back is a no-brainer based on what we've seen with Battlefront and this book, with his droids, like, kind of setting out the plan. Like, they are, like, the will-bearers. Like, this is the will. This is what we're doing, and we're going to set this up for you, bro. And, um... I, I just want to know the why. I want to know the why for all of it. And, you know, I think, oh, my God, my wheels are spinning now. <laughs> because it's not it's not just a matter of why, but why now? So if we think of Rise of Skywalker and what's going to come out, then this book seems incredibly out of place. You know, why release this book right now when we have all this stuff coming out for galaxy's edge. And then soon in October and November, we're going to have all this stuff about rise of Skywalker. There's so many stories right now that they kind of have to tell to set up those two things. Why worry about putting alphabet squadron out right now? Is there a reason why they absolutely had to get this story and had to get operation cinder in a little bit more is it because it's going to connect to something we see in Rise of Skywalker? I didn't even think of that. Well, I think you you definitely have the potential for that. One of the things that I always tell my students is repetition equals importance. If an author repeats something, they're trying to tell you to focus on that thing. And the Sentinel droid and its lack of giving anyone a message came up a lot. So I think... For this book in and of itself, it was showing the the hollow shell of the empire that these people were were following, and it, and it has that that metaphorical um, piece right there. But I think it's going to become more important as we get to those those next few books, which will come out post Rise of Skywalker. So you now can have them tie in you've got an author like alexander freed who you know you can trust to do it well you know who who you know you can trust to not let any secrets slip um so i i think there's definitely huge potential in here for those connections to rise of skywalker especially if this book cover or the this trilogy covers a number of years hmm yeah, because we don't know, Sam and Zach, correct me if I'm wrong, but we don't know when it's going to end, do we? Not a clue. Yeah. Yeah, not a, a, as far as timeline, no. I mean, yeah. I, I highly doubt they're going to jump. They like to do these more condensed stories anyway. Um, but I think they won't be as free as afraid to tell us about Sin, uh, Operation Cinder once we get Rise of Skywalker yeah. because... Um, I think they're just kind of like keeping some things tied up so that they can work on more narratives that can connect together and um, piece, you know, what what the Emperor's doing. And I think with him being back, Operation Cinder is now the most that and, you know, burning down the entire Empire. Those are the two most like, why did you want to do it that way? 
I need to know, I have to know, so I'm going to read these books because I really need to know what you're doing and why you did it. And I think that's mm. something that I we mean, expected to get out of the Aftermath trilogy was more of that why did things happen the way they did, and I don't feel like we really got that, whereas I feel like this book did a much better job of portraying um, the galaxy and the direction it was heading and and the real difficulty of starting this new government um, while still continuing to, to do cleanup operations with the with the Empire. Um, you, you know what, guys? I, I'm coming around. I, I think I like this book now <laughs> after this conversation. Uh, Way to go, Sam. Good job, Sam. You convinced me. Look, imagine what would have happened if I could have been here from the start. <laughs> Solve so many problems. All right, so all favorite books. Oh man. Okay, I don't go that far. Calm down now. Uh, so, all right, I want to want to close out and go old school with Lindsay. We haven't done this in a while. Want to go back to our Lothcat ratings? One to five. One being the lowest. Five being the highest. How many Lothcats would we give this? And guys, since you are our guests, I'm going to let you pick who goes first. You go first. All right, all right, I will. I would give this. I would give this three point seven Lothcats. Oh, that out of five. Out of five. There was a lot of intrigue there. Um, uh, the the main character didn't quite sell me till the end. That took a while, but there's a lot of heart in this book. There is a lot of intrigue. There's a lot of bigger picture stuff about how these governments work, which I absolutely love. Um, so, yeah, that's where I'm going. 3.7. All right, Sam, where do you come down? Uh, as far as how many loath cats I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going to go with 4.5. 4.5 out of 5. And um, this book is fun. This book has conflict. This book has struggle. Um, and it's the beginning of a trilogy. And the fact that I can rank a book this high off its first salvo bodes promising for the trilogy. So I'm going to give it 4.5. I, I can't say five because there are the flaws and there are definitely, there's room to grow for this series. So I'm going to say 4.5. All right. Lindsay, where do you come down? Um, I'm going to stick with a three for now. Um, love, <clears throat> love the themes. Ooh. Love the themes in it. Love where they're starting to go. And I think that when book two and three come out, I might bump this up to a three, five or four. <clears throat> but for now, it's just a three. Yeah, mine is a three for the book itself and half a Lothcat for the pot the potential that it sets up for the other books. And it's like the good side of the Lothcat. It's with the, like the smiley face and everything like that. Like I'm really, especially after our conversation today, I I'm looking forward to, to the other books that are going to come out and, and guys, we'll have to have you back on and talk about those and see if our opinions have changed one way or the other. But until then, why don't you go ahead and um, share with our listeners where they can find Sith talk and all the fun things that you guys are doing. Uh, you can find us under the Adapter Media feed on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, um, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, um, and a lot of other different podcast forms. But again, it's all under the Adapter Media feed. Sit Talk normally comes out on Fridays. We have a Tee Public that you can get a, a shirt under the Adapter Media Tee Public. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's. That's the show. That's what we do. That's where you can find us. 
So definitely go and check them out. Uh, good listens for sure. Uh, a lot of fun. They, I'm really glad you guys were able to come on because I, I, I mean, I feel like we really got the spirit of Clashing Sabers in this show. We're bringing all these different opinions on, so it was a lot of fun. So thank you guys uh, once again for coming on. All right, Lindsay, tell them where they can find you. Yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter, and I actually have these two guys to thank for the new Twitter handle. Uh, you can find me at the Lady of Lore. Um, and guys, again, like Brandon said, thank you so much for coming on. I always love getting to talk to you guys. Meeting you was definitely a highlight of Celebration Chicago. Um, so bummed that you're going to be missing Anaheim, but I think we'll just have to uh, plan maybe a little Chicago vacation or something and and get some more of these episodes in. Sounds perfect to me. Now, because I feel bad for Sam getting ambushed tonight, whenever you guys want to talk about why I think Ben Affleck is the best Batman of all time, <laughs> then you guys can ambush me and we'll make it even. Deal. Deal. We'll hold you to oh it. My God. How do you expect how do you expect me to close the show out after that? I can't even God. That's how them Sith talk boys do. I was it. really oh, rooting oh for God. you too. I was rooting for you. Walk <laughs> away. Oh man! All right, and then of course you can always find Clashing Sabers on Twitter at Clashing Sabers. Email us your thought Clashing Sabers Network at gmail Come join our Facebook group uh, where we're of course sharing our podcasts, articles, but also other people are sharing their stuff. Uh, we got a a really awesome community there. We're working on uh getting a star wars clashing sabers meetup going at celebration so um definitely if you're coming to celebration come join us over there and join the conversation and you can also text us or leave us a voicemail that we will play on the show let us know why we are wrong about alphabet squadron and it's the best canon novel to ever come out text us at 832-966-0077 and until next time keep reading keep writing but whatever you do don't burn the sacred text Alright, by this point, you know how this goes. Their stuff, their stuff, our stuff, our stuff. Not associated with Lucasfilm. Kathleen Kennedy, give me a call. Dave Filoni, I'm there if you need me. Our thoughts? They're our thoughts. They don't reflect Lucasfilm or anybody else associated with this stuff. So, if you don't like it, we're sorry. If you do like it, great. Let us know either way on iTunes, on whatever podcatcher you're listening to us on. Rate us, review us, share us, tell your friends about us, and it, whatever you do, just don't burn the sacred text.